Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. He gone. Just like that. He gone. National Letter of Intent Day. And it's it's going to be a Bob Seger song somewhere about this, right? I mean, recruiting is always about the one that got away. It's not about the 20-plus that you add. It's about the one that you had, and they left you. They just said, no, no, you're not good enough for me. I'm moving on, bigger things, brighter things, better opportunity. Of course, today it's all about the bag. But so much of that literally comes into play right here on signing day. I don't like it. I don't like signing day. I don't like it four days away from Christmas. Uh, If I had my say and I don't, I would put it all back to that first Wednesday in February. But such is life. Everything changes, and there's very little that we can do about it. I, I'm surprised uh, that college football did this because, yeah, it's making waves here, and it does on campus, but it's still way down uh, the list compared to certainly the NFL. Three regular season games remaining. That includes the Jaguars and their trip to Tampa Bay and all the uncertainty now um, with Trevor Lawrence, who's never missed a start uh, in his career. In his NFL career, despite the bad ankle. And today with a DMP, did not practice. You know, he's part of the concussion protocol as well as certainly the latest there on the ankle, although he looked pretty good. I mean, his movement was certainly um, everything that you wanted uh, and then some this past Sunday night. He, he's just got to learn to hang on to the ball and he's got to learn to get down, right? That's probably where that concussion actually did take place, right at the five-minute mark. Uh, there in the fourth quarter. But anyway, that's that's my point. And, you know, when it was that first Wednesday in February, I felt like all the attention was on college football recruiting. Anyway, the world has changed, and around here it's been just spectacular seeing what Georgia has done. They're going to grab the number one class again. Alabama flexes its muscles. Miami has been pulling some very important players uh, so far today. Florida State gets 21 guys uh, that they wanted. Um, The flip side of that, though, myself included, you have to ask, is Mike Norvell a closer? Can Mike Norvell close? All right, I read several different publications on Florida State recruiting, and there were four guys that they really wanted. Four guys that it was going to come down to them or someone else. And Florida State goes zero for four, right? They lose K.J. Bolden. I don't think you can blame Mike Norvell for that. K.J. Bolden over the weekend told the local reporters he was going to Florida State. He almost got after them about, stop asking me these questions, the top-ranked safety in all of high school football. Was this part of the plan forever, just to get more money from Georgia? If so, he's brilliant. 
I mean, these are today's rules. Why not come out all along and say, yeah, I'm going to Florida State. I'm going to Florida State. Yeah, I play my high school football in the state of Georgia. The dogs had won 29 in a row before they lost to Alabama. Let them pay me. And we'll take it all the way up until signing day. I'll take that last weekend and go to God's country and tell everyone that I'm signing there. You could read the writing on the wall. This had been expressed by quite a few people, albeit I'll say that those who do this full-time for a living over in Tallahassee, to a man, they all had K.J. Bolden staying at Florida State, and he didn't. He left today. Armando Blunt, he was a Miami commitment, a verbal. Then he gave it to Florida State. It's been out now for over a week. Partying with Rick Ross, South Beach. I mean, that's tough to beat. Uh, you got to tell me right now, if you told me I had an opportunity to party with Rick Ross, I mean, he, there's certain things in life I know I'll never get to do. One of those is to party with Rick Ross, and and that's what Blunt uh, will wait for his signature. He just whether made it's it tonight. official, by the way. Did he? Miami. So both him and McCray within, the, within a five-minute time period. So for Florida State, the four guys, K.J. Bolden, Armando Blunt, L.J. McCray, and Jeremiah Smith. They go 0 for 4. And, you know, we could say, well, at least they were in the running. At least they were being consent. They went 0 for 4. And should that rattle you a little bit? It depends on how you look at it. I still don't think college football recruiting today is what it once was. There's such an opportunity. I mean, look at two years ago at this time. How many Florida State fans are upset that Marvin Jones Jr. elected Georgia over Florida State? Two years later, what do we know? Marvin Jones Jr. wasn't really any good at Georgia. He had one sack in two years. He's now at Florida State. You're going to be able to flip the switch there and and all of a sudden have him become uh, a, a good football player? They did that a couple of years ago with a Georgia kid, right? Uh, Johnson, the pass rush end, having a nice career now for the New York Jets. So it, I don't think it's the same, though. Well, you know they're locked in for three, four, five years. I still think it's fair to say, though, you're disappointed. Mike Norvell has won 19 straight games. Mike Norvell has won with three stars. He has won with transfer kids. You want to see him with four stars. You want to see him with five stars. And you can go back to Travis Hunter, and then you can look at what has happened really ever since Mike Norvell's been here. And then again, the four. And whether you want to admit it or not, it's it's there. It's impossible to ignore. And it does beg the question. As a matter of fact, I'm on ESPN uh, Plus right now or ESPN Insider. Right now, I forget exactly what they do call it. I've, I've been a subscriber of it uh, for years. And, and this they talk about four schools who are winners. And then when they get to the losers, well, the first school they mentioned is Florida, who did lose nine recruits. This was written before the L.J. McRae story that popped up right at 6 o'clock. But then the next story is exactly what I just said. Can Mike Norvell close, or is this going to be a concern? Bouting closed. Jimbo Fisher closed. 
right now, Mike Norvell, and I don't think it's for a lack of effort. I don't think it's for a lack of uh, appeal. Uh, others have found a way to get these guys. Jeremiah Smith, all right? All along, he was Ohio State. Florida State has a real good chance to flip him. Oh, I'm telling you, Florida State's got a, an opportunity here. And, you know, I'm not as entwined with recruiting the way I used to be because, frankly, it's tough to believe anyone. But I do have two awesome sources, Uncle Albert and Admiral Halsey. And they both told me straight up, he's going to Ohio State. Yet a lot of Florida State people, no, he's coming, he's coming. He stayed. The exact same story, K.J. Bolden, longtime Florida State recruit. Oh, there's no way. To... It happened. They lost him. And now you look at the two defensive linemen. Blunt. Miami to Florida State, back to Miami. McCray, a lot of talk, a lot of rumors, but he now stays with the University of Florida. I I have to believe this, and I put it on Twitter, and some people are upset with me for doing it. I don't care, but it's the truth. This has to be one of the worst months that Mike Norvell has ever dealt with. He had that team... 13-0. and He got left at the altar, left out of the college football playoff. He spoke on it again yesterday, clearly, very visibly, still upset by this. He's he's saying the right things about moving on and turning the page, but that's lingering, okay? And, and, And that, I can't imagine how he feels. He did everything in his power, um outside of having to run Jordan Travis against North, Southeast, West, Alabama, because you were trailing 13-0, and you had to ask him to make a play uh, during that particular time, which is awful, okay? Just awful. If you hurt yourself against the power, you hurt yourself. You don't trail 13-0 to freaking South, whatever it was, okay? So, oh, it's hard to get the kids up every week. Is it? Is it hard to get Bama up against Chattanooga? Is it hard to get Georgia up against the directional schools? No, it's not. You punch them in the freaking face, and you bring in your reserves. You don't lose your star player because you're down 13 nothing, and you have to make a play. So that's really the only blame I have on Norvell. Outside of that, look at his year. He wins every game, gets left out. Now he's got eight or nine guys who aren't going to play in the bowl game because they're going to the NFL. And then unexpectedly now, he's losing these transfer portal kids who are contributors, not huge factors, but especially on defense. When you start looking at the bodies uh, that are packing up and, and leaving. so And then this, where he goes 0 for 4 with the big four. I got to believe this could have been one of the greatest months of his life. And I believe privately this this has ended up being a disaster for Mike Norvell. Fair or unfair, and I tend to lean towards the latter, I have to believe that is the case for him right now. All right, so we're going to look at these recruiting classes today. Overall, uh, the dominance, once again, is in the Southeastern Conference. I mean, certain schools can respond. Georgia lost the top overall quarterback in America. And it's like they didn't even blink, okay? They, you know, he goes off to Nebraska, and it's business uh, as usual. Alabama reloads. It's the same suspects. 
Ohio State uh, up at the top. We'll, we'll get the official rankings as, as you know, verbals are, are still coming in uh, at this particular time. Uh, Florida State's waiting on at least one other kid. I know that he, uh, the Danas uh, White guy, the way, the way things are going for Florida State today, I would not be surprised at all if they end up losing out on him. It, it, just, um, it just has gone south uh, on Florida State. They still have a good class. It's a top six, top seven class. It's still going to end up being, you know, certainly better than what he's ever had over there. And it just came in right now, six seconds ago. All right, who needs those five stars? Florida State just got a three-star. And Danas White uh, to their defensive tackle class. So if I have everything correct, he becomes the 22nd member of today's signing class. That's actually a pretty good get uh, for Florida State. He, he, He doesn't rank anywhere near, certainly LJ McCray. He didn't rank anywhere near Armando Blount. Uh, the two five stars, but uh, this kid still has been highly pursued by many big-time college football programs, and he just made that announcement a couple of minutes ago. All right, so Florida State has, I still think, a good day. Georgia has a banner day. Uh, Florida, really an awful day, okay? But they got their quarterback And they just closed 14 minutes ago with the guy that they absolutely had to have with L.J. McCray. So it has not been a good day for the Florida Gators. But but at least you got that. At least you have the quarterback of your future. You know who's going to play quarterback this year, and you have the quarterback of your future. So you have that going for you, uh, which is nice. Uh, By the way, I, I love Florida State's quarterback. The kid out of Savannah. Talking with Denny Thompson about him before the start of the year. And I absolutely trust Denny Thompson when it comes to his evaluation uh, with quarterbacks. He told me straight up he is the best high school quarterback he's ever seen. And I, and I stopped him. I was like, come on. All the guys you worked with, everything that you've watched, he said he is the best high school quarterback I have ever seen. So he's not getting, you know, he's still part of the Elite 11. He's still received a ton of accolades, but not getting uh, the mention that some other high school quarterbacks are uh, today. Still very confident in in that particular signing. And it's going to be interesting to see what Mike Norvell can do with good quality players. He's done a wonderful job with three stars. He's done a wonderful job with the transfer portal. He hasn't had the opportunity to bring in four-star freshmen. I like to say five-star freshmen, but that's not the case. Four-star freshmen and coach them up. And this will be the best recruiting class he's ever had. So it's going to be really intriguing. As far as I know, the coaching staff is going to remain intact. And that's a positive. Um the only issue that I have is just how deep is this team with all the players that they have lost. I, I think, once again, the transfer portal to them is enormous. I mean, this has to be a double-digit transfer portal class. Has to be, especially on defense. I mean, I don't even know how they're going to line up guys in that defensive line to play against Georgia in two weeks. They're all gone. 
They've all opted out or they've hit the transfer portal. So that's going to be pretty interesting, no question about it. All right, we got a lot to do tonight as far as recruiting. We're going to keep you updated on everything. I'll go through the top classes a little bit later on in the program. I also want to turn my attention, since we are in an NFL city and the Jaguars are in first place in the AFC South. See, that's why I hate the timing of this. I do. Just like I hate the timing of the Players' Championship in March, you know, right around college basketball and everything. Plus, we don't get to see nearly as many of those beautiful sundresses in the month of March as we do in the month of May. But they don't ask me. They never do. They never come to me for my opinion. If I could change two things, far and away, number one would be move the players back to May. Number two would be move signing day back to that first February. Oh, no, we can't do that, though. No, kids are signing. Kids are going to give up. I mean, who would give up? Their last semester of high school. Isn't that like one of the greatest times of your life? I'm sure others are saying, bro, you're in high school. Come to college. It's night and day better. And they're right. They're right. College, you're on your own. You're not checking in every night with mom and dad. And you have your sisters and brothers. You're someone like me. You shared a room with a seven-year-old or a, a brother who was seven years younger. Uh, my entire life. So I. then again, most of us uh, go into a dorm room and uh, you end up um, having a roommate. Hell, I don't even know what it's like anymore for these kids. I mean, it, some of these kids coming in may, may have their own place uh, for all that we know. But I, I do find that interesting, you know, like playing baseball, playing lacrosse, playing whatever it is that you do. Just giving up that spring semester or in this case, checking in next month in just a couple of weeks in January to give it all up and get that early start on uh, on, on the college world. Um, that has absolutely changed. I understand it's been in place for a, a little bit of time, going on what now, six, seven, eight years, uh, something like that. Still, though, uh, pretty intriguing stuff if uh, you do ask me. All right, on the other side, let's get to the Jaguars uh, your response is always 641-1010 on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. Do want to tell you that tonight's comments are brought to you by Schmunez Vision. All right? They are your one stop for everything that is you and your family when it comes to your eyes. Let me tell you about family because that's what's most important. All right? Your grandparents, their eyesight has got to be getting away from them. Uh, your husband, your wife, your kids. Maybe your kids are squinting. Maybe it's time uh, to bring them in for a, a simple eye examination. And then it becomes really cloudy, okay? Real serious issues, cataract issues, issues with your cornea. Uh, this is a high-quality medical and surgical eye care um, practice, okay, in eight and a half years ago, surgery on my right eye. There's never been any setbacks. There's so many great things the folks at the Schmunez can do. I want you to look at everything online. Just go to schmunezvision.com. That is schmunezvision.com. They'll tell you all about everything that they do. Love them. And uh, they are the best, no doubt about it. Want you to feel that same sort of comfort when it comes to your eyes. Go to schmunezvision.com or schmunezvision.com. All right, when we do return, we'll bring in the incomparable J.J. La Selva 
and turn our attention to some Jaguars talk. Later in the hour, we'll check the money. This line is totally flipped. Jacksonville to Tampa. We'll get the latest from the Philly Godfather. He is about 25 minutes away right here on Into the Night. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. That's what I need right now, some Rick Ross. I need to be put in a good mood. Sometimes doing this show sober is very difficult. Today would be one of those days. Yeah, I'm down about the sixth-ranked recruiting class um, in America. You know, I'm okay with it. I just thought that this would be the year. They get at least one of those four. 0 for 4. And some folks are angry with me. I knew you'd get angry with me. I kind of need you to be angry. I need that running through the arteries and the veins. It's like a drug. I could very easily avoid it. I could very easily stay away from it. Why? You want me to do that. Right? Admit it. You want me to. Would you want me to be like all that Florida State media and tell you that he was coming? Oh, I've got a real good... I mean, I read it all. They all laid out, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming. K.J. Bolden's coming. No, he's not. You were wrong. We're wrong all the time. We make our picks. I'm not afraid to admit that I'm wrong. I'm looking forward to reading their spin. That'll be interesting. They're 18-year-old kids being offered money. I mean, it's the number one story. Georgia gets the number one class. They flip Florida State's K.J. Bolden. That's the number one story. I mean, it's, it's always what went wrong. And, and, and I'm part of it? Okay, fine. I'm not going to ignore it. Uh, and, you know, I, I said I thought it was his, the worst month of his life. And, and I got to believe privately it is. No matter what this man does over there, he gets screwed. And, you know, these kids opting for the transfer portal who are players that are good but can get so much better is really alarming to me. And I understand that that's the same for all of these schools. But there is no, there's no love for the school anymore. And, and I, I despise that. I was texting back and forth today with Shade Tree. I went to to school with the original Marvin Jones. His son now uh, is going to enroll at Florida State. And there's a man who loved Florida State. I I loved it when guys loved the school. And and all of you listening, no matter where you went to school, you know who those kids are. You know, you befriended kids. They were in your class or in your apartment or whatever it was. And you got to know them away from the football field. And they're good human beings, and they still go back and support their alma. Those days are done. This is like the NFL. (laughs) You know, it's like the Jaguars NFL alumni, which I love. I love so many of these guys. But some come back, and they're like repping the Jaguars. You're like, he played here? Or, you know, this guy played. Yeah, he played here for like nine games. And, and, And it's like, you know, you think of the names and, some of the greatest, and they're, they're not here. They're wherever they want to be uh, across the country. Um, but that's the NFL. That's the business. This is a business now. 
and it's hard to accept. It's also impossible to blame Bolden. If George is asking, if George is dangling that that money, how do you say no? Uh, you don't. Miami just got blown. Yeah, you got to be happy. Yeah, but quickly on your last point, why does Georgia have to have paid a lot of money for a guy to not go to Florida State? I mean, like Georgia's won two national championships in a row. They are constantly reloading. Like, I don't know if it's. It's Kirby Smart versus Mike Norvell. Like, I don't know if he had to get a bucket load of money to go from Florida State to Georgia. I don't know if that was the case. My understanding is that Auburn asked, Auburn offered more than Florida State and Georgia. Yeah, that's my he, point exactly. Yeah, he's a Georgia yeah, Georgia's kid. Georgia's a better program than Florida State. It's probably the best program in college football. Was there some gamemanship involved here? And if so, all the credit to him. Did, did he kind of play the role all along? All right, yeah, I'm going to visit you, Georgia. Yeah, you're in my top five, but I'm committing to Florida State. And then here in the 11th hour, I'm going to wait for your last offer. And if it's what we want, I'm going to stay in the home state. I, I got to believe that that is – I don't know that, but I got to believe that that's what happened here. Look at the blunt deal. You guys had him six months ago. Yeah, he's from Dade County. He's from right. Miami. Comes here, says he's coming here. It's been out for a week. We've known that he was going to go back to Miami. But here's, here's, what, here's my point. What did Blunt do during his final weekend? He visited the University of Miami. Yeah, he was supposed to visit Florida State, canceled his visit. Visited Miami. So the cat was out of the bag. He's going to Miami. What did Bolden do in his last week? He visited Florida State. And he turns right around and gives them the Heisman, gives them the stiff arm and says, screw you, Florida State. I'm going to Georgia. That, that's, that's my point here is that – and I'm sure there are tons of schools that could say the exact same thing. Yeah, yeah, I get that Georgia got him. I'm just saying, like, you were saying that he got more money to go to Georgia or whatever. I, I, I don't know if that's true. Yeah, I don't know that either. I, I'm guessing. I, I may be wrong. And I'm just saying, why would they have to pay more to go to Georgia? It's a much better program. I think he used Florida State as leverage. That's my point. Even though, even though you're right, Georgia is a better program, you can still use someone else as leverage. Yeah. Maybe maybe Blunt used Florida State as, le- as leverage. Probably. I got to believe that his money has grown since when he gave the verbal – to the Canes, what was it, nine months ago, ten months? I don't even remember when the exact time period was. I think they all do it. I think Jeremiah Smith did it when he announced that he was staying at Ohio State. You know, those Florida State writers, those Florida State media tights were all telling you they thought they had a real good chance to get this guy. And, uh, again, that's – now, this is a testament of them getting better. Because back in the day, they'd be in the 20s and be like, oh, boy. You know, they, they're going to have to really coach him up. Um, here I am complaining about the ones that they lost, not the ones that they got. So that in itself shows remarkable improvement. You know, here's a guy, well, why would anyone go to school at Florida State? They were 13-0, and zero, and they couldn't get into a college football play. Are, are you people really that stupid? It's over. It doesn't apply for these kids. We have a 12-team college football playoff beginning next year. Not one of these kids falls into that category. Man. 
Teachers out there must go crazy with day-to-day stupidity. I mean, it's simple logic. You think that had any effect on any one of these four players? No way. Let's get to number eight. This is the most important part with the Jacksonville Jaguars, as far as I am concerned. Um, Right now, it's all about Trevor Lawrence and his health. Whether he goes this weekend or not, uh, we'll have a better idea tomorrow. He did not practice today with the concussion protocol and the ankle. But still, the biggest problem, even more than that, that Jacksonville has is their inability to run the football. Today, Doug Peterson talked about just that. The lack of consistent players meaning the same guys in the same positions for the whole season, you know, um, same left guard, same left tackle, center guard, you know, that whole thing. There's just been, there's so much timing that goes on up front. And, you know, now we've introduced a new player, right, with Ezra, you know, to our scheme. Not a, not a, not a rookie, but a veteran player, but new to our scheme. And Walker's playing you know, guard, he's been tackle, and he's bounced around. And it's hard for those guys to – it's like – it's kind of hard to get in a rhythm. Hmm. I, I think I could have answered that in five seconds. It took Doug Peterson 39 seconds. Here's my answer. They suck. They're terrible. It's a brutal offensive line. And I don't care which way you look at it. It's bad. It's been bad, and it remains bad. They can't run the football. They're 26th in the NFL in rushing, and they're in first place. Uh, What has been nine straight games that ETN hasn't gone over 100 yards? Nine straight games, ETN's average has been just a smidge over three a carry. And it's not all his fault. The combination of the guard play and center is atrocious. It's terrible. And he's talking about continuity and chemistry and all the same guys being together. Well, they've had the same center right guard and right tackle all year. So 60% of the offensive line has been there. Cam went down, we know. Little in, he went down. All right, left tackle's been a mess. Left guard has kind of been by default, right? It never worked out for Ben Barch. He's gone. I mean, he was given every opportunity. He, he's not a good football player. Walker Little got 11 snaps. Yeah, I mean, forever, I said, keep him there, keep him there, keep him there. He's your future, keep him there. Oh, no, 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 Cam can't play guard. Cam, he gets 11 snaps at left guard. I got news for you as well. Walker Little's not a guard. He's not. So if Cam comes back, they're going to have to decide, is it Cam or is it Walker Little? Walker Little, a a really bad performance. Maybe his worst game is pro. I thought the first four games of the year, Walker Little was the most consistent lineman on this team. He was the best lineman on this team. So they took the... They took the best lineman and replaced him with a guy who's selfish because he got popped for four games. A guy who's selfish because he can't work on the right side, can't work inside. No. Oh, Cam... He's been a left tackle in high school. He's been a left tackle at Bama. He's a left tackle here. The guy's making a million dollars a game. You get 11 plays with Walker Little. Uh, To me, that's a coaching mishap. 
It's easy to say after the fact, no doubt. But, brother, I was yelling about this while it was happening. (laughs) I mean, and if Cam didn't get hurt, you would play Cam the whole year at left tackle. Who knows if Little would still be a guard because he's not a guard. But that means, and I'm always looking ahead, that means you would have gotten ready for next year knowing that you had one position solidified. That's Anton Harrison at right tackle. There's no way they're bringing back Sheriff. They have to move on from Luke Fortner. He's weak. He gets bullied. They can't run, and he can barely pass protect. Every week, he's in the 40s in pro football focus. Left guard's a mess. So then you would go back to, in the final year of his contract, Walker Little year four, oh, let's plug him in the left tackle. So that means you're starting the year with one certainty, Anton Harrison. And you don't know about left tackle, left guard, center, or right guard. That is a huge problem. So I appreciate Doug Peterson and his answer. He's not throwing guys under the bus. I Is it me, JJ, or for an NFL team where it's their full-time job, is there a whole heck of a lack of communication on this football team with the young guys, Parker Washington, Gregory Jr., Buster Brown, Ant- not Buster Brown, Antonio Johnson, you know, motion with Cincinnati, Washington well, the running defense the defense at home, you know, yeah. like the defense couldn't communicate at home during our home game, uh, a lot of stuff like that. That's just, it's got to be coaching. I mean, I wouldn't blame players for something like that. I was here for Coughlin. I was here for Del Rio. I was here for Gus. I, I, I was here for Mike Malarkey's year. I, I was here uh, for Marone. Uh, I take this seriously, what I do. And I go to all these off-season workouts. I, I, I go to the games. I cover the games. I go to the locker room. I, I'm trying to remember, even in awful years, even in terrible years, where we have heard more lack of communication. Something's not working. This, is their, this isn't college. Where you're going to school and you're chasing skirts and, and uh, you're partying. Um, this is their full-time job. Your full-time job, you do your job. Do you make mistakes? Sure. Do I make mistakes? Absolutely. This is their full-time job. I've heard lack of communication more in the last month, going back to Parker Washington running the wrong route when Lawrence got hurt, than I think I've ever heard since this organization came to be in 1995. If I'm wrong, tell me I'm wrong. I don't remember it. It's a weekly address. There was the whole, like, well, Ridley is not running the wrong route there, but, you know, there's a miscommunication at the pre-snap when he's supposed to turn for the ball, da 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 Like, that was a whole thing. And that, that was damage control. Yeah, you, saw Press, you saw Press Taylor say, listen, I know Trevor Lawrence can handle this, so here goes. And I don't know if Ridley's running the right routes or not running. I know he got very angry about it. I mean, if you listen to the media here, I mean, 
if he's that bothered by the media here, I can tell you something right now for Calvin Ridley. Cross out East Coast teams. There's not a chance in hell he's going to New England or New York or Philadelphia. I mean, just cross out those teams right now. If you think this media is tough for asking a legitimate question about whether or not you ran the right route, and maybe some came out and said he didn't run the right route. I, I don't remember. Okay? But he's ticked by that. <laughs> I don't know. So, all right, more on this. Let's check money, huh? There's nothing I'd like to do more than make you some money before Christmas 2023. No one's better at it than the Philly Godfather. He's next. Let's ring up another guest on the All-Pro Roofing phone line. I hear the music. You know what that means. Time for the Philadelphia Godfather. Merry Christmas to you and yours. You too, uh, Rick, man. Have a great Christmas, beautiful New Year. God bless me. Been a fun year for you. I know you've been cashing a lot of checks, and that's what it's all about, Philly Godfather. Yeah, it's trying to turn a profit, have some fun while we're doing it, enjoying this uh, beautiful football season. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. It's coming to an end. Uh, how about all these bowl <laughs> games? I mean, just in general with all the opt-outs, uh, do you find yourself playing less games or do a little bit more homework and still find a way to come away with some cash? Yeah, we've been a lot less games this season, and even the UTSA game last night. I laid nine and a half, game close to seven. No one, no one had information about the quarterback's uh, collarbone, and we were lucky to cash a ticket. I mean, I was on the wrong side of that game and ended up cashing a ticket. I don't know how I won that game, but we've been a lot less volume this year in the bowl. You know, Mike Norvell is a uh, is a great coach, but he will not talk about injuries. Uh, you know, if so, he'll he'll threaten. He'll have your credential, um, you know, stripped, taken away. Is there going to be a time when college football programs now, with all the money that's involved uh, with the NIL and what have you, is there, is there going to be a time where college football has to come out with an injury report similar to the NFL? Absolutely, and that day's coming a lot quicker uh, sooner than later. So, uh, yeah, that's definitely going to happen. I mean, it's big business. There's so much money involved, and they're going to have to do it. All right, let's get to the games. What a weekend it is. Let's begin with a uh, divisional uh, opponent here, the Jaguars. That's the Texans. I mean, they just keep finding a way. They take on the Cleveland Browns. Uh, your thoughts on this matchup? Yeah, the line originally opened up on the 17th of uh, December with the Texans being a small two-and-a-half-point home favorite. Combined total was set at 42-and-a-half, and since then we've seen a two-point drop on the total down to 40-and-a-half. And the line flip-flops to the Browns. They're two-and-a-half-point favorites now. Obviously, with news of C.J. Stroud not likely to play, the movement in the market is definitely warranted. But to be honest, I mean, Keenum didn't look bad last week. He threw for 229 yards, had a touchdown. He had one interception. Uh, now the Titans' defense, you know, they don't scare anyone like the Browns do. But on the road this year, the Browns' defense has had some issues. I mean, when they travel, they're giving up over 30 points per game versus 13 points per game when they play at home. And, uh, Rick, if this line gets to three, I'll probably take a shot by the hook, maybe the three and a half on the Texans. I mean, Houston has proven to play some really good football this year through adversity. they got a great coach. He's up for coach of the year this year. I think he's the second favorite, third favorite as of right now. And there's still a slight chance that CJ uh, actually plays. Uh, last week, the 5-9 Bears hung around with uh, Cleveland at home. I mean, they lost 2017. 
I think the Texans are, have a better overall roster than the Bears do. I mean, Houston ranks fourth overall in the turnover metric, while the Browns rank 28th. And as long as Houston doesn't lose the turnover differential in this game, they should be able to cover the spread at a field goal or better. I also like the over here. Mm-hmm. I mean, the average combined score in six Browns road games this season has been 54 points. Wow. And in no game you know, has less than 41 combined points that uh, have been scored in, in any game. So I like the over. And I think Houston plus three or three and a half gets you to the window. All right. We'll see how that money continues to roll in. But uh, you heard the Philly Godfather say maybe it's worth buying a uh, a half point there with Houston and the over. All right. What a game here. Dallas and Miami. And I tell you what, rough week for both. Uh, what? I think it was Sunday night, Monday night, respectively. Um, you know, your thoughts on uh, this matchup here between the Cowboys and the Dolphins. Yeah, I might be a little biased because I'm holding Cowboys uh, 16-1 futures from the beginning of the year. But uh, to be honest, I mean, back-to-back road games for any team in the NFL is never easy. And for a Cowboys team that doesn't travel well, it's about to get insanely difficult going up against Miami and trying to win here. Uh, Tyreek Hill's status still uncertain. He didn't practice today. Uh, but if he does play, it makes it even harder to sneak out you know, with a win down in Miami. Uh But the one thing the Cowboys do really well is defend the pass. They sack the quarterback and they don't turn the ball over, they rank top five in each one of those metrics. And if you look at the teams Miami has lost to the season, the Chiefs rank number one in pressure rate, the Bills rank sixth, the Titans rank ninth, along with a pretty good defensive line on that Eagles team. Uh, my opinion, I don't think the Dolphins match up well against the Cowboys here. And after coming off that embarrassing loss to the Bills, uh, I think the Cowboys got something to prove here that they can actually win on the road. I like the Cowboys here, plus one and a half. I think they win the game. All right, Dallas plus one and a half. They go to Miami. Miami's actually won four to five. Again, they got rolled. Uh, they didn't get rolled. They just gave up those last two touchdowns a couple of Monday nights ago uh, to Tennessee, and then they just destroyed the New York Jets 30 to nothing. But, yeah, Dallas, um, uh, the Philly godfather there, likes the road team. Uh, give us your info, Philly godfather, so our listeners out there, they can get a hold of you. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Philly Godfather. You can stop by the phillygodfather.com and we got a show every Thursday night. We live stream it on my Twitter account. Uh, we're on SiriusXM channel 159 and uh, YouTube as well. Uh, Trevor Lawrence today, Doug Peterson announced they still don't know. He's getting better. He's in the protocol, but he has not practiced. We've seen this line virtually flip Tampa Bay hosting Jacksonville. Yeah, I mean, everything's gone wrong over the last three weeks for this Jags team, and now the Colts and Texans have caught him at, what, 8-6. Uh, if Lawrence plays, I think they win easily, but even if CJ plays, I think Jacksonville bounces back here with a huge win. Uh, the Buccaneers have already exceeded the regular season win total set by Vegas before the season started of 6.5. And, and I think they come back on earth here after winning three against, uh, who they beat? They beat the Panthers, the Falcons, and Packers. Yeah. And all three teams have losing records. I think the Jags nucleus is much better than all three of those teams. Uh, and, if, and if Lawrence does play, I mean, you look at the Buccaneers, every time they stepped up against the better quarterbacks in the league this year, against Hurts, Allen, Purdy, against Scott, they lost every game. Uh, if Lawrence play, I, I mean, they're going to have to find a way to have Lawrence play here, I think. I think he is going to start. Uh, but even if he doesn't start, I, I, I like CJ's chances. I mean, Tampa Bay's defense ranks 25th in opponent yards per play, 29th in opponent yards per pass attempt. And is the right team for this uh, for the Jags. You have to lose them three in a row, and, and and they might have to use a backup quarterback. So I think CJ gets the job done. I think the Jags right here had to pick them, win the game. Uh, and if Lawrence plays, it's going to be a huge bet. For yeah, probably going to have to wait maybe 90 minutes till kick, unless it's announced the day prior. 
uh, by the Jaguars. Uh, Jacksonville six and one away from Jacksonville this year, so they have been very successful on the road. All right, the uh, the last game uh, that we do have. Uh, let me pull it up here. I believe it was Monday Night Football. Yeah, Ravens and Forty ers Your thoughts there? This game is going to be a great game to watch. I mean, you got three players in this game that could end up being the MVP of the season. Uh, this is going to be it's probably the best game to watch this week. Uh, price on this game originally opened up 49ers minus six, five and a half, depending on where you shop. And it's currently down as low as five in the market. When I was handicapping this game, it wasn't easy. I mean, both teams are coming in with identical 11-3 records. Both defenses have given up the least amount of points in the NFL. Both teams rank in the top 10 in turnover margin. And they're the hottest teams in the NFL right now. I mean, San Fran's won six in a row. The Ravens have won four in a row. But I think given the Ravens, five and a half points here is a little too much. I mean, Lamar Jackson as an underdog against the spread is hard to beat. I think he's, he's covered the spread 11 out of 13 times during the regular season. And if you look at the teams the Ravens have lost to this season, the Steelers, the Browns, the Colts, all three teams at that time ranked in the top 10 in sack percentage. Uh, and, and, and along with the fact the Ravens were banged up in all three of those games. I mean, the 49ers have a great defense, a solid pass rush, but they still rank 14th in that metric in sack percentage. And coming into this game, uh, I mean, with Lamar being as elusive as he is, he's, I think he's going to give this San Fran defense a bunch of headaches. San Fran, on the other hand, has struggled against good defenses this season. They lost to Minnesota. They lost to the Browns. Both teams rank in the top 10 in opponent yards for play, and Baltimore is number one in that metric. Purdy's looked really good against some weak defenses this year, but when he stepped up against better uh, defenses, top 10, uh, they lost two of the three games. They only beat Dallas. Uh, I like Baltimore here, and I actually think they have a chance to win this game. Mm, interesting. All right, once again, Philly Godfather, give the info out there to our listeners, please. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter, at Philly Godfather. You can stop by the phillygodfather.com, and I'm with you uh, almost every Wednesday night. Yep, no doubt about it. Hey, thank you as always. Merry Christmas, and uh, we'll pick it up again real soon. Happy holidays and good luck, guys. There he goes, the Philly Godfather with us here on your home of the Jaguars. Let's get to John Osher next, senior writer, Jaguars.com. He goes into the night with Rick Ballew. All right, good stuff there with the Philly Godfather playing a lot of roadies this weekend, including the Jags. He likes them either way, whether it's Bethard or if it is Trevor Lawrence. Bringing John Osher because I remember a few weeks ago with the ankle, I was under the impression that he would not go. Uh, Osher said, don't be so sure of that. And, of course, Trevor did go out and play. Now he's got the ankle, which appears to be okay. Watching him run on Sunday night, he's, uh, he's listed for that, and he remains in the concussion protocol. John Osher, senior writer, Jaguars.com. Merry Christmas, John, to you and yours. Rick, you as well. You as well. And everybody out there listening, obviously. Yeah. Uh, getting off the schneid here, very important for this football team. Um, you know, they've been able to flip the switch a couple of times this year. Uh, going to Tampa, though, what, what really intrigues me about this game is all of a sudden this means as much to Tampa, it's almost an identical situation for them in their division as it is here for the Jaguars. Yeah, it does with with the one caveat being, uh, I think the way it was explained to me, if if Tampa wins two of three, and one of those wins is over New Orleans, um, who they play New Year's Eve, uh, then they're just about in. So that 
I don't think it's quite as must. I guess there's a scenario where the Falcons sneak past them, but they're playing, you know, uh, they're struggling. So it, it, it's maybe a little bigger for the Jags, but your point obviously is the correct one. I mean, uh, it matters to both. I'm sure the Bucks' attitude will be must win. Uh, and, you know, it's, it, uh, uh, <laughs> I, I just feel like, though, Rick, it's more about the Jags than the Bucks, if that makes any sense. Yeah. You know, I, I, it, it, if the Jags play like we thought they were going to over the last month, I think I think they win. They just haven't, with or without Lawrence, they haven't played as well as you think they're capable of. And I think I said it last week. What you worry is, you know, if they're what I thought they were, they're okay. I just over the last three weeks they haven't been what I thought they were. Yeah, um, you know, to me it's pretty simple. Can they run in Tampa Bay once yeah. again? This is a very good rushing defense. Uh, Jacksonville's seen a few of them uh, as of late, with uh, you know certainly Baltimore and San Francisco and and Houston. But this is a top six, top seven rushing defense that Tampa Bay has. Yeah, I. Uh, I- I know exactly what you're saying. I almost think of it the other way as I I don't really, at this point, I can't sit here and think they're going to run because they haven't done it for the last four or five weeks, at least not enough to feel like they're trusting the run during the game, if that makes sense. I don't feel like they believe that they've established anything. So I, I kind of think it's, you know, you got to figure out a way to pass. Is that Evan Ingram? Is that uh, getting Etienne involved? That's not a very assuring thing, considering that the quarterback is uncertain. But I think that's the reality. I, at this point, I think it surprised everybody if they ran effectively. Yeah. They just haven't done it um, enough to think that that's going to be a thing. But as we've all talked about a million times, Sometimes in the NFL, you do stuff and stuff happens you don't expect. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's what we're looking at this week. Maybe we need something to happen for this Jaguars team that you don't think can happen. Maybe they're down to that right now. Uh, it feels like that, and I hope it's not that. Yeah. Um, I said it at the top a few weeks back at on this Wednesday night when we, when we have this conversation. I didn't think he was going to play. You, you – disagreed and he's a tough guy pain tolerance or his ability to do what he needs to do he he proved to everyone that he got back in there a, a concussion is not a tough guy deal it's a it's a protocol it is it is far more serious and if he if he has these symptoms and he's not out of it this could be the end of his streak uh wh- what do you believe at this time do you know anything that we don't i don't um and that's by design. I mean, the league is really set up to where, uh, you know, stuff gets out about other injuries. Uh, the concussion protocol is something where it, it it's hard for stuff to get out because this is not a gut-your-way-through-it type thing, and that's by design. Yeah. And I guess what I'm getting at is the league has set up now the protocol uh, – to protect tough guys from themselves. Trevor would go out and get this thing through if it was a tough guy situation because mm-hmm. he's done it. Uh, good for the system that it's not a tough guy thing because it's 
it's set up to protect him. So I don't know. I mean, I, I, uh, you know, I have no gut on whether he'll play because it's going to be protocol. It's going to be how how he feels. It's going to be does it come up against the baseline tests that they do, all that stuff. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I, but I honestly think, and I've been saying this all week, you know, to whoever I've talked to, I kind of feel like, yes, there's a better chance with Trevor. But even with Trevor, I think this game is more about, hey, offensively, let's not make mistakes that give this thing away. Mm-hmm. And, and they sure did last week. I think that would be the emphasis if Trevor was playing. I think they would be telling him, hey, you know, when we're in the red zone, don't give these things away the way we've been doing. Hey, McManus, make the kicks. And 15 55 or 10, I'm not saying it's Brandon McManus's fault they lost. The point is, had they converted convertible situations last week, they're up 12 10 at half, and the Agnew thing puts them up by 19 10, and, and it's a different feel. Doug's been talking about it in, in different scenarios. Let's get out of our own way and see if that's enough to win games. And I've got to think that's a major theme they're killing all week. John Ocher, our guest, senior writer, Jaguars.com. Yeah, it's it's really bizarre. I mean, the week prior, they had those four turnovers, and they, they lost by a possession. But, I mean, those four early drives, you're there and you have points, and there's the self-inflicted wounds, the missed field goals, and then just, you know, the Trevor drop on the 18. What's that now? I mean, it, it, on Monday, you almost couldn't believe what you were watching. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, Cleveland was at least, uh, I mean, sort of the same thing. Defensively, you couldn't believe what you were watching. But you had to go back and check. It's like, have they been inside the 44 times without mm-hmm. points? Mm-hmm. Like, you had to look back at halftime, right, and go, you know, I'm writing it and saying, do I believe this? I mean, and it was bizarre. I interrupted you, and I'm sorry. It, it, it was just, so strange that you almost couldn't believe you were seeing it again when they had hit on it all week and hit on it all season. Yep. Um, All right. Last question. You know, they went through that stretch where um, they they won games against divisional opponents, Tennessee and Houston, and then they faced backup quarterbacks and they were on the other end of it. And then last week, you know, yes, Lamar Jackson is, he's an MVP candidate. He's so special, but Baltimore is a number one, ranked rushing team in pro football. All of a sudden, you go to Tampa, and Baker Mayfield is coming off maybe the best game of his career. And he's got yeah. these targets. You know, he's got these wide receivers. This really feels like a game where Jackson was going to have to be able to get at Baker and also do a good job in their contain. With that said, what do you think about Tyson Campbell and Andre Sisco, who I know were limited today? Yeah, they were limited it- – it feels like they're back this week. Um, I, I kind of think, too, uh, with groin and hamstring, um, you got to be careful. But I hate to say this, I always, I always say the opposite. I kind of think, hey, guys, it's, it's time. You know, I mean, it, it, if it's a it, – yeah, you roll them out, and if they aggravate it and, and they're out, now we got to win these things it's almost a playoff game. And uh, so I think there's, it, there's an element to that. I, you do kind of wonder with Baker um, and you kind of feel like the people who set odds on these kind of things are thinking the same thing. Yeah. Can you do it twice in a row? 
mm-hmm. you know, and otherwise I think, I think the, the line or whatever, I'm, I'm way out of my depth. You have other people you talk to about lines that are much better at this, but you kind of wonder, okay, Tampa's playing pretty well, played really good offensively in the league that often sort of comes back to earth the next week when a guy hasn't done it a lot. So maybe this is the comeback to earth game for Baker. You know, so an element of that. The thing that scares you, though, Rick, I, I, I'm I, a big believer that great players do great things. There's only one Hall of Famer on the field this week, and that's Mike Evans. Mm-hmm. And he's the guy that, you know, late in the game, if the Bucks are down four, or in the fourth quarter when things start getting squirrely, he's a guy you worry about making a play to win the game yeah. because he's a great one. And, and, and that scares me as much as Baker, quite honestly. Every time I turn on NFL Network on Sunday night, I'm watching a Mike Evans. Ah, uh, he just makes play after play after play. For six or seven years, right? So oh, that's yeah. Really, why yeah. can they match up that? Can you take that guy away? And yeah. Maybe it's as simple as that this week. John Osher, ladies and gentlemen, senior writer, Jaguars.com. John, I'll see you tomorrow over at the Miller Electric Center. Rick, always enjoyed, buddy. Thanks for everything. There he goes, John Osher. Good stuff. And, yeah, he's right, Mike Evans, man, 10 straight years of 1,000 yards or more. It's just impressive when you look at the numbers. 10 straight and no signs of slowing down with three games remaining, 66 receptions, 1,077 yards, an average of 16-3 per, and he's grabbed 11 touchdowns. He has 92 career touchdowns and his first reception on Sunday against the Jaguars will be career number 750 for Mike Evans Uh, we made our picks before the start of the year and you know we made them in the summer then we made them for the start of the year I'll tell you this JJ there was never once when we did these picks where I had Tampa Bay knocking off Jacksonville Osher makes a good point about them about, you know, he's still Baker Mayfield. The guy went 22 of 28 for 381 and four touchdowns. He had the highest quarterback rating ever at Lambeau Field. Okay? He's about ready to fall back to earth. I, yeah, I could see that if they were playing a semi-decent secondary, but they're playing, like, the worst <laughs> secondary in football. So I'm probably going to go with the Bucks, and I like Baker Mayfield's chances. Baker Mayfield, man. I mean, this guy's like Joe Flacco, Baker Mayfield, Gardner Minshew. It's it's been like, you know, reclamation project. I, <laughs> yeah. I, we were almost getting ready. I was getting ready to add Joshua Dobbs onto the list, but that kind of fell to the wayside. Uh, you, you take a look at all these former Jaguar quarterbacks. I'm just looking here at the year that um, – uh, that Mayfield has, man, 3,315. You can't even compare these numbers to Trevor. I mean, for what it's worth, there's not a person alive right now that's going to say Baker Mayfield over Trevor Lawrence. Not alive, not even dead. There's not a person dead right now that would say Baker Mayfield over Trevor Lawrence. But you look at the numbers, and they're scary. I mean, look at this, 3,315 yards. 7.1 per, 24 touchdowns, 8 interceptions. He's been sacked once more. 
than Trevor, 32 to 33. So that offensive line is nowhere near perfect. He's got a quarterback rating of 94.7. Sometimes numbers lie. Okay, I guess I'll give you that. Anyway, let's come back. we got much more to do. If you want to get involved with the program, you can. 641-1010, best way to get in. That is on our text line, which is brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. Let's go into the night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Ah, ladies and gentlemen, the Rolling Stones. Yeah, yeah, I believe it. I believe it, I do. I believe it. I say it all the time. Sometimes sports can get you in three places, right? Get you right smack dab in the head, maybe right on the chin. Certainly gets you in the gut. Every once in a while, gets you below the belt. But music is always there, man. It's such a friend. You know what I mean? It never disappoints. At this time, I'd like to tell all of you to flip off me and put on one of your Rolling Stones albums. (laughs) Rolling Stones have never decommitted from me. Altamont, 1969. The Hells Angels. Let's give them a case of beer and ask them to be our bouncers. Meredith uh, Meredith Hunter, I believe was his name, the 18-year-old who was killed on the scene. All dressed up, green hat, top hat, green suit. Poor man was beaten to death by like like uh, pool sticks. Incredible documentary. Uh, being called out here, I love it. If you call me out, uh, chances are I'm gonna I'm gonna respond. Uh, Baloo, what did you mean? This is the 7811. Baloo, what did you mean? By the last comment that sometimes numbers lie. You said that after comparing Baker Mayfield's numbers to Trevor Lawrence's number. It's kind of a cliche, but it's one I use often because I don't think there's anyone around here who crunches numbers the way that I do. And I always seem to preface it, whether the sample size is too small or... And and what I mean by numbers is that they can be a lie. JJ and I were talking about the other night. You can get 20 points tonight in the NBA. You can get 20 points on 12 shots. You can get 20 points on 22 shots. And when we talk about rankings, um, total yards, pass yards, rushing yards, well, if you're a top-ranked rushing defense and you're winning games, you have a winning record, and your opponent is forced to only pass the football in the third and fourth quarter, your rushing statistics defensively are going to be skewed favorably, right? Look at the Blake Bortles years. Look at the Blake Bortles years. Look at some of the Blaine Gabbert years where they would have 300-yard games or they would have 3,000-yard seasons. And you look at the numbers, and you're like, wow, those are great numbers. Okay, but how many of those numbers were posted during garbage time, if you're down by 17 points, you're down by 21 points, and defenses are are on their heels, and they're giving up everything that's in front of you, and 
you're allowing a lot of yards. See, it almost sounds like I'm making an excuse, but I'm not. I'm just trying to point out that sometimes numbers lie. They absolutely do. And that's my opinion on it. Now, listen, I'm just telling you the way I feel, and I've given you some examples. Doesn't mean it's the truth. And some numbers lie that they got rid of them. Are you old enough to remember the game-winning RBI in Major League Baseball? <laughs> like just in general? Oh, so you're not like old enough stat? to remember. There was a stat. I, I, I guess you can Google it. <laughs> I don't know if it was around for five years or ten years. But they would have a stat that would be a game-winning RBI, and it was a huge stat contractually speaking. But if you won a ball game 7-3, and you were responsible for run four, you would get the game-winning RBI. So 1980 to 88, they used it. Okay. No, yeah. that was – I never even knew that was a thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, dude, dude, I used to, dude, I grew up getting Sporting News, the newspaper, and it was the only thing back in the day where you got the box scores so and you like, got all those statistics. These guys are so much more clutch than everyone. Oh, and there's no doubt. <laughs> to me, one of the most clutch – things you can have is look at RBIs in the seventh, eighth, ninth inning. But or getting a guy in from third less than three, you know, two outs late in the game. So my point here with Baker Mayfield is again, there's not a there's not a human being alive or dead that's gonna say Baker Mayfield's better than Trevor Lawrence. But if you look at his numbers, they're better. They're better. Twenty four touchdowns and Eight interceptions. What does Trevor have? 18 and 10? Right now, I got to pull up Trevor's numbers. I want to say 18 and 10. Um, so, anyway, I, I don't want to make much more. Yeah, 18, 10, and six fumbles lost. Mm hmm. You know, there's so many other ways you can look at it. All right. Does Tampa have a better rushing team? Does Tampa have a better offensive line? Does Tampa have better wide receivers? Does Tampa have a better defense? Is. is Tampa have better starting field positioning. Again, there's so many different ways to cook the books. But I do use that expression quite a bit. Uh, Sometimes numbers lie um, because I, um, I, uh, I do feel that way. Absolutely, I feel that way. All right, good news from John Osher telling us that, you know, he does like, as a matter of fact, let's get back to Doug Peterson on this, on uh, number three here. Uh, Peterson was asked about the possibility today of the return of both Tyson Campbell and Andre Cisco. Both Tyson and Cisco will, will practice today. You know, we'll get them back out there, so hopefully they continue to progress, and, and you know, we'll see where they're at. And was everybody later. else able to get out of the game clean? Yes. you got to have you got to have them, right? I mean, Jacksonville's at a point now where here's another thing. I, that whole must win, <laughs> okay? I love that conversation piece. Oh, this is a must win game. Um, whatever, okay? Uh, but look at the schedules. Look what's ahead. Houston is down their quarterback, C.J. Stroud. They go to Atlanta this weekend. Very winnable game. They host Las Vegas next weekend. Very winnable game. Then they have the, oh, excuse me, this is Indianapolis I'm talking about. Uh, Indy goes to Atlanta this weekend. Very winnable game. 
host Las Vegas. Then they have the season tilt to wrap it up where Indianapolis hosts Houston. Houston without a quarterback. Okay, we know it. They have Cleveland this weekend. Huge game there. They then host Tennessee, and then they go to Indianapolis. So, you know, if you look at those three games, a piece. If you look at all six games, and obviously they face one another, but the point I'm trying to make is I don't look at any one of those games and think that's an automatic loss. I have no idea who's going to win between Houston and Indy until we get to that game in two and a half weeks. JJ and I will make our picks right now on Friday. I, I'll be the first to admit that Indy going to Atlanta and Houston-Cleveland, I'm still wide open on both those games. It, there's not, it, if you feel differently, let me know. If something sticks out and you could say right now, oh, my God, I'm absolutely taking Cleveland over Houston. Well, I know Stroud's not playing. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I'm just, I'll tell you right now, I'm taking Browns in that one. Okay. Uh, Jacksonville, I think if you were to look at the schedule, I mean, this may be the toughest of them all. Jacksonville going to Tampa. Certainly you like them here against Carolina. And, and, and the Tennessee thing is weird. That'll be interesting to see what Houston does with Tennessee next week. Tennessee is well-coached, and they're a tough team. They're down in talent right now. Their quarterback, Levis, has been hurt, uh, got hurt late. You know, I, I actually read about him a little bit earlier today. They'll know more later in the week. Uh, so you look at this whole division, man, all rookie quarterbacks. You know, Richardson been gone forever. Now Levis is up against it, and looks like Stroud is going to miss another game uh, with his concussion. And here we are talking about Trevor Lawrence and whether or not he's going to play with his concussion. It's uh, just incredible. But the point is, is it's, it's right there. Jacksonville holds the tiebreakers, but they got to win. And what's it going to take? Are they going to have to win three of three? Is two of three enough? If Andre Sisco and Tyson Campbell can play, you know, there's been so many times when I've been talking about Brenton, uh, excuse me, uh, uh, Brandon Scherer for others, and I said, well, it's too early in the year. Don't force it. Don't bring him back now. There's a lot of football left. Well, now we're into the category of this is when you need him. This is when all of that stuff, save him for the extra week. I remember talking about Devon Hamilton and everything, save him for after the bye, give him another week. I may have been right with that, oh, by the way, the way that he's played, but it, it, it's it's a talking point. You know, We I sit here as a host and say whether or not they should play or not. Well, I never played the game. We don't know what's really going on as far as their treatment. We don't know how tough they are or if it is pain tolerance or it simply comes down to them being able to do their job. I think it's the latter in most cases. I think all these guys are tough. And there's ways to avoid pain but it comes to, can you do your job? Can you plant? Uh, do, you, do you still have the get-off? You know, do you have the burst uh, to do your job? I, that's what I think it is. It's not whether or not you're tough enough to handle the pain. But these are soft tissue injuries. And, you know, Campbell's already had a blowback on it. That, that's got to be in the back of his mind. You got a growing here for Cisco. 
and you have the you know the issue the the, the quadricep now with Tyson Campbell. So those are a couple of issues, no question about it. We got to take another one, don't we? Let's take our final one of the night. Hacker's going to join you at eight tomorrow night. We're with you. Uh, 6 to 8. Friday night as well, 6 to 8. Tomorrow I'll be in the Jaguars locker room. So not only will I have some uh, some interviews and some fresh sound, but I will also have a better understanding as to what things look like by being able to uh, just, un- you know, see them. With- I thought they looked pretty good last week after losing two straight. You know, they, they let this one certainly get away on Sunday evening and We'll see if it feels like they're pressing a little bit or if they're into their normal flow. To credit them, they've never really looked too up when things are great. They've never looked really down when things are not great. And that is promising. But it'll be interesting to see what's going on out there on uh, on Thursday. So we'll be with you then, 6 to 8. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All right, 7.43. We go till 8 o'clock tonight. Already fired up for tomorrow's show, 6A. Maybe I'll pipe down a little bit tomorrow. Maybe I won't. I don't know. I mean, my life is such a freaking joy. Uh, except for sports. Thank God for this out. We all need one, right? We all need a way to get things off your chest. Uh, The microphone is a phenomenal drug. Better than anything on the street. And it's totally legal. Um, (laughs) Look at ESPN.com, college football. Top 10 stories. Number two, UGA's top pick flips safety from Florida State. Number four, sources, FSU ponders ACC future after college football snub. Number eight, Norvell, FSU still struggling with college football exclusion. Uh, and people are upset with me because I said this must be the w- this is a, a continuous awful month for Mike Norvell privately he's got to be he's got to be asking himself what's going on the guys won 19 straight games the guy got left at the altar by the playoffs the guy got left at the altar today by five stars Uh, the the two flips one was totally expected with Blount Uh, the Bolden wasn't the FSU scribes, the FSU media um, recruit Knicks, they, they all had him staying. And it's out there. It's, it's an ESPN insider, ESPN Plus. They talk about four positive things. The second negative story. Can Mike Norvell close? Recent history tells us that he's gotten burnt here. Still a very good class. Is one of the best classes Florida State's had in a long time, uh, but it's a valid uh, point at this uh, this particular time. I know what I want to ask you about. How about Tommy DeVito's agent trying to shake down a pizzeria? 
I haven't heard about that. But I heard it's also Jaguar EJ Perry's he is. agent, and he is no longer DeVito. DeVito dropped him. So does that have anything to do with this story? DeVito dropped the agent? Yeah. That, then that came in today. Had to have. Because I, that was my point. If you're Tommy DeVito, I mean. Oh, no. he Okay. Tommy DeVito hasn't even had his 15 minutes of fame. He's had his 15 seconds of fame. And they agreed upon him to go to a local pizzeria. I think it was a New Jersey pizzeria where he was going to get 10 grand to, I imagine, slap some backs, kiss a couple babies, um, get someone pregnant. No, I'm kidding. But, and he was going to get 10K. And I guess the agent, after his really good performance a couple of weeks ago, tries to shake down a pizzeria and says, no, we need 20 grand now in order for this. Bro, you're in New York City, the major metro- metropolis, the number one media in the world, and you're trying to shake down a pizzeria? For ten grand, so he did end up visiting them to make amends without the agent, who he says, by the way, is still his agent. I was wrong. Sean Stellato, still the agent of Tommy DeVito, the hero of New York City. No wonder um, I never heard about it because he actually did something well. The media is just going to go off on the negative. Yeah, Coniglio's Pizza in Morristown. Tony Canigliaro, <laughs> Caniglio. That that's bad business. And, and yes. listen, I'll credit someone over there. They got to. I mean, I was going to put this right up there with um, Matt Kuchar not cat, tipping. I was just about to say the Mexican caddy. Yeah, I mean, as as soon as it came, as soon as you thought of Tommy DeVito, what was your initial reaction going to be? For me, it was going to be Cheap yeah, pastor. he and his agent. Yeah. They were part of a shakedown at a pizzeria. Total mobsters. I mean. You already got that whole image about him in his suit, him on the sideline. I mean, people making all these off-color jokes. And, you know, how, you know, the five boroughs are still up and alive. The five families are ongoing. And then you you hear that he, he legitimately turned that $10,000 offer into, no, it's got to now be $20,000? Mm. Really, really, really questionable. All right, so that came in as well. Uh, some interesting stuff there. Uh, at least I thought so. Now, today's takeaways. Brought to you by Key Buick GMC, where our family dealership has been helping families buy vehicles for over 50 years. All right, today's takeaways. Uh, good news, I guess, for the Jaguars. We don't know for sure about Trevor Lawrence. Again, I'm heading out there in the morning or actually in the afternoon to uh, – uh, to see what uh, is happening, and we'll have a much better understanding after getting into the locker room tomorrow and talking with them after their practice. But Trevor Lawrence uh, still in the concussion protocol. So as to whether or not he's going to be able to give it a go, right now it's really anyone's guess. Las Vegas is telling us basically they don't know. As this line has gone from minus three to even, even Jacksonville plus one. In, uh, in some circles, uh, depending on where you shop. The best bit of news for the Jaguars is their secondary, and obviously they're going to need all the help they can get because stopping Mike Evans and, and Baker Mayfield coming off the best performance of the season last week, you, you know that the Bucks are certainly going to want to spin it here at home against the Jaguars. Andre Sisco and Tyson Campbell 
both were limited today. So that is the best bit of news that came out for the Jaguars. Um, you know, their injury report is, is starting to get a little bit better. Okay, they, they haven't added from a week ago. You know, all of the same suspects are on here. But last week, I want to say there were 14 on the injury report. This week, there's four, uh, seven, there's nine. Okay, Brenton Strange, you've been without him for three weeks. Okay, he's still got the foot. He's limited. Walker Little and S for Cleveland both play with a hamstring and knee, respectively, both limited today. Uh, just talked about Campbell and Cisco. Then you got C.J. Beathard, the left shoulder, did practice in full. The only other player who did not practice today alongside Trevor Lawrence was wide receiver Zay Jones, who has both a knee and a hamstring. So Jacksonville, uh, healthier than they were a week ago. The big news, though, we still don't know whether or not the quarterback is going to play. Now, the two-minute drill brought to you by Tire Outlet. Keeping 1010XL rolling with wholesale prices and premium service. Tire Outlet, Jacksonville's largest locally owned automotive repair shop. God, Hacker, Hacker Nation coming up right now on all of these channels right here in your home of the Jacks. Yeah, exciting day for a lot of kids in our area, a lot of programs nationally, although Florida and Florida State both kind of took it on the chops today a little bit with some flips at the uh final moments <laughs> yeah it, well, you got one though you got McCray. yeah we, yeah we got the, the running back from arkansas uh who was choosing between florida and alabama florida did lose amarius williams and adarius hayes funny story about hayes i guess i can say this now um so i've been told florida had an in-home with him a week and a half ago that would have been planned for like a couple of months and he knew that and he didn't tell him and he went to miami anyway so <laughs> they kind of knew Adarius Hayes was going to flip on them. So that wasn't ultimately a surprise. So they today. showed up to his house? I don't know if it got that far, <laughs> but he did not tell them he wasn't going to be there. He just kind of went to Coral Gables for the weekend. It's a great place to hang out on the weekend. I'm trying to remember exactly who it was. And I want to say it was Thaddeus Bullard, but I, Bowden used to allow me in around the fax machine with Ronnie Cottrell uh, back in the – in the early to mid-90s, and someone faxed a Florida scholarship to Florida State. Mm-hmm. And I want to say it was Thaddeus Bullard, but I may be wrong. Because Bullard was north of Tallahassee. He was from, like, like out in those parts, Wakulla, somewhere over there. And it, it came down to those two schools, and obviously he went to uh, – is he still wrestling, by uh, the way? WWE superstar Titus O'Neil. He's still Titus O'Neil. who okay. you're referring to, absolutely. Yeah, I get in and out of the wrestling. Um, I've been out uh, – for, for quite some time now. but And I don't want to say with certainty it was bored if I was wrong, but um, there's always been spoofs on, on signing. Oh, it, it's I remember um, there were a couple of guys that their – who was the the grandfather? Uh, Josh Harvey Clemens. Okay. His, when, before he verbaled to Georgia, like his grandfather or somebody in his family wanted him to go to Florida – and, like, took the letter of intent and didn't let him, like, send it in, like, right away. And they had to, like, negotiate yeah. with the granddad in the living room. Well, who was the mother that had the different colors on and she got all upset? Uh, at- J- Jacob Copeland. Was that it? Jacob, on, on the, at the table, Jacob okay. Copeland's mother was furious that he went to Florida and not um, Alabama. Alabama. And she yeah. literally got up and walked out of the ceremony. Yeah. It so. happens. 
it does happen, and we see things like that 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 are visible. Can you imagine what the pressure must be like on these 18-year-olds now that money's involved? Oh, my gosh. And and one of the things that you learn about in this business that I, I think a lot of our listeners are aware of, but maybe not all of them, is when you become famous and you become an athlete, there are so many hanger honors. There are so many people that are in your pockets, family members, friends. And that happens once you become a professional. Can you imagine that happening when you are an 18-year-old freshman in college? And you have these Power Five programs, these enormous schools with all this tradition fighting over you, offering you this amount of money and that amount of money. It's it's crazy. And again, I mean, this is the world we live in. People want players to be yeah. compensated, and I don't blame them. But with compensation comes a lot of a lot of issues. All right, what's coming up tonight? Here we got DJ Lagway. He's nice. Gonna, he's going to join us in about ten minutes, right at the top of the show. Uh, the five-star quarterback from the state of Texas. Who uh, there were a lot of rumors. Would he flip? Would he not flip? Nope. He signed with Florida. So DJ Lagway will be on Hacker After Dark in less than ten minutes. And also former Jaguar Cecil Shorts will stop by to preview the Jaguars and the Buccaneers. You know, it's it's interesting because. Uh, Years and years and years ago in recruiting, there's there's no doubt about it. Florida returns their senior. You get a guy like this ready, uh, or you feel comfortable enough with him where you can say, just sit out a year, just just redshirt, learn, get acclimated. Then you got four years. We'll let you know Graham Mertz be the guy this year. I want I got to believe that these things, although it didn't with Arch Manning for the most part, but I, I got to believe these things change now where. It's no longer about having a guy for four or five years. It's almost like you got to play him soon. If not, there's a chance he could leave. Yeah, I mean, with the transfer portal, that's the reality we're in. And I'm certainly going to ask DJ Lagway about his relationship with Graham Mertz. And I have no doubt that Graham Mertz is going to be very instrumental into the development of DJ Lagway. All right, have a lot of fun. Thanks, that's Rick. coming up right now. That's Hacker Nation. All right, we're out of here. I don't check the text line out. The show is over. If you want to get a hold of me. Uh, you can do so on Twitter and or X. It's Blue1010XL. Thank you to the Philly Godfather for joining us. Thank you to John Osher as well. Remember, tomorrow we are uh, well, I'm in the locker room, and then we'll have everything that is uh, brand new from the Jaguars. Hopefully a little bit more on Trevor Lawrence on Thursday as far as to whether or not he'll go. Both defensive backs as well, or I should say one DB, and, of course, Andre Sisco is a safety. That'll do it for JJ with Salva. My name is Rick Blue. Have a great night.